This, this, this is you. K U T. K U T. Austin. Stop. I used to get mad at my And welcome to Higher Ed, KUT's podcast focusing on issues of higher education, lifelong learning, and exercising the brain. I'm Jennifer Staten with KUT 90.5, Austin's NPR station, talking as always with Dr. Ed Berger, president of Southwestern University in Georgetown, Texas. Hello, Ed. Hello, Jennifer, and welcome back to Southwestern University. Well, I am always happy to be here. I just love being in the learning environment. There's so much going on, so much creativity and scholarship and it kind of wears me out, but it's fun. <laughs> it wears me out too, actually, if you want to know the truth. But I love it. I love it. So I come to you today with yes. another comment input from a listener Ooh, to our uh, podcast. Is, do you have to clean up the bad language? Uh, no. Oh, it's positive. <laughs> it was positive. Well, well it's actually there you go. an idea for a discussion topic. All right. Very and good. by the way, if you have a topic you would like us to discuss on a future episode, you can just email it to me, jstaton at kut.org. That's letter J S T. A-Y-T-O-N at K-U-T dot org. And we'll consider that for a future episode. Do we do anything for the people if we actually use their idea? Like, do they get oh. uh, a royalty or do they get a T-shirt or a mug or a, um, a, a, a savings bond? No. Oh. Not unless you do something for them. I don't, I don't know who these people are. So they're, they're writing to you. So you better find I, the savings know, bonds and I, give it to I, them. I write them a very nice reply okay. and thank them. Well, they get so the, And then they get the joy of hearing us talk the joy, about them. Absolutely. And, and, and that is every, priceless. Everyone loves being talked about. They, well, in, in this good way, <laughs> they do. In this good way. So our, our listener, I may be mispronouncing her name because we have communicated by email. Nada or Nada is her name. And she wrote in and said that, She works for a university in the area that sometimes will have practitioners come in to teach a class. So not academics, but folks who are working in business and industry to sort of teach real world world classes. They also have some partnerships with some companies so that students can go get a sense of what the working world is like, what careers in that field may be like, and also expectations of students after graduation. And what our listener has said is that she notices more businesses and companies coming to them and saying, you know, we really need more of a relationship with you because we're finding students are not coming to us prepared for careers and not prepared for the workplace in general. And she says that that has caused them back at her home university to have to think about that relationship between higher education and sort of business and industry. And I'm going to say kind of real world in quotes. There's definitely a tension there. And I'm curious for your thoughts about about that tension. Well, first of all, whenever you can get different perspectives, different voices, a kind of a diversity of backgrounds together and talking, only good comes of it. So the idea of kind of having kind of cloistering away the academy and being um, completely disconnected to the rest of the world um, is not particularly effective, in my opinion. Uh, those interactions, especially the more thoughtful and creative ones uh, between what happens outside the formal academy and what happens inside, um, that kind of synergy can be very powerful. So in my class, Effective Thinking Through Creative Puzzle Solving, uh, on Friday afternoons, I host what's called the um, President's Thinking Symposium, and I'm bringing people in from the outside. And these aren't 
teachers or educators per se. They might be involved in education, but these are traditionally leaders or individuals who are doing really interesting and important work uh, in their lives or in their communities. And they come and talk about their uh, puzzles in their lives and how they wrap their minds around it. And I think the students really find those conversations very powerful. And the students are asking questions. That's all the students do is kind of ask these people questions. There are other ways to get that synergy to happen beyond bringing in guest speakers or having a kind of a professional teacher class who's maybe not in education per se, through internships and just through experiential learning. It's a very powerful, powerful way to gain exposure into worlds that a student might not otherwise see. And I'd say this is reasonably new, not brand spanking new, but in our time, I think there were there was less of that. Much less. Yes, than there is now. Now it's, it's one of the commitments that we're making at Southwestern is that every student has the opportunity to have a high-impact learning experience outside the classroom, which could be an internship, a research experience, you know, going to a conference to, to give a presentation on something that they've worked on, just that kind of engagement. And so that synergy is very, very powerful. Listening to what uh, people, practitioners in industry or in different fields, what they're looking for, I think is important for us to hear. I think we as educators are the professionals and need to kind of absorb that and, and respond to it as we see appropriate. But through career services and through that kind of learning opportunities in student life, there really are these powerful engagements to be mentors to, to students and to basically be teachers. We talked about assumptions in a previous episode not too long ago, and I kind of made an assumption when I introduced Nada's topic, which is that I said, Ed, there's a tension there. And maybe there's not a tension between, I'm going to say sort of academia, classroom learning and real world business practitioner learning. Tell me about my assumption, right, wrong? Both, right and wrong. I mean, so first of all, I try not to have tension with anything and anyone. All right, well, we did talk about stress before. Exactly, right. So so I am am open and I'm in the lotus position and and ready to receive. He's really not. Love. But I think there are people that will see a tension between what happens at the academy and what happens uh, beyond the academy. And they have the right to feel that tension. I think there's a lot of stress. We talked about this some episodes back about the students making that transition and how difficult and challenging that that really can be. And so trying to per, uh, give students through, in, in the case of Southwestern, through the residential experience as well as the intellectual classroom experience, the kind of the, the tools to, to live uh, a rich life in the 21st century and, and to be a citizen of the world. But uh, that tension is completely superfluous. When people come together and communicate, we can, we can actually move forward in, in really meaningful ways. And we, we as individuals in higher education should be practicing what we preach, which is that we always want to strive to be better. And so uh, we should be open and not bias to concepts and ideas and suggestions from individuals who are not necessarily spending their whole lives in, in the academy. And we need to listen to them in an open-minded way and then respond as appropriately as we feel we should. And I think that there's no tension at all. I've, I've learned a lot from individuals. In fact, I would argue that this course that I developed really comes from that synergy between, you know, beyond one's formal education and within one's formal education. Well, I'm going to lay out what I think are are the biases that that may pop up. Please. This is just generic. Yep. I'm not speaking yep. as a particular person, but I can imagine a professor or teacher saying people in the real real world in quotes, they're business people, industry people, and they don't know how to teach. 
And I can imagine someone in business or industry saying, those faculty members, they're in academia in their ivory towers. They don't know what it's like in the real world. You know, nuts and bolts, nose to the grindstone. How could they possibly know what it's like to really work? I'm kind of guessing that those are the two, I'm going to call them barriers that come up to having that kind of interaction relationship that you're describing where everybody learns and does better. And you will find examples of both of those uh, sides of the coin uh, in higher education. And that's that's reality. So, so that's exactly right. Uh, the question is, how do we overcome uh, bias, uh, which is another topic we recently talked about, uh, to, to say, okay, I'm not going to be offended that this entrepreneurial person is telling me that what I'm teaching in my class is nonsense or is not appropriate or not helpful to the type of people he wants to or she wants to hire. And instead, listen to her and, and say, what does she want in her team of thoughtful employees thoughtful colleagues, and is there space in my class or in a curriculum or in a program that would amplify uh, those elements that, that, that we also consider and understand are important? Usually it's about open-minded thinking. It's usually about communication. It's usually about ability to write. It's usually uh, you know, kind of a, a dedication and commitment to do your best work. Well, well who, who would be against those things? But it's holistic, you can't just say it's going to happen in this political science class or in this religion class or in this biology class uh, or this anthropology class and be done with it. The power of a residential institution like Southwestern is that the, the engagement and the thinking and the interaction and the intellectual development should be happening all the time everywhere, even colleague to colleague, student to student. So I think we need the power of academia and industry to solve this puzzler. Let's bring them both together. Let's That's right bring because everybody it's, together. We have athlete, we have athletics. Athletic, we've got we've education. Got we have education, school buses. We have and we've got transportation. We've got it all. And then of course, there's always math. There's always math. And the question is an estimate. So whatever you right. say can be thought of as correct, but I want a decent, <laughs> ex, you know, rounded estimate about how many golf balls can be. Um, fit into an empty school bus and empty meaning no chairs, no nothing, just a completely cleared out school bus. All right. So a couple of questions. Oh no. All right. So I, I think I'm going to, I think I'm overthinking this. I have a couple of answers, Okay, but, go ahead. Go but ahead. I have a funny question first. So are the windows open or shut? Oh, shut. Okay. Because how many can you put inside? Them? Right. And otherwise so, they start to pour out. There'd be infinitely many. Now... I'm going to parse words because there's oh, one no. answer. There's one smart alecky answer where the answer is zero, Ed, because the bus is empty. Oh, I like that answer. But I'm parsing words because what I my assumption right. is that you mean you will fill the empty school bus. With Correct. Golf balls. But if the, the school bus stays empty, then the answer is zero. If if the that's right. I said, how many <laughs> uh, how many ping pong balls? I mean, how many golf balls can you fit inside of an empty school bus? The answer is zero. You know what? I will take that as the correct answer. OK, but I love that. That's great. <laughs> and it was my own stupidity for ad libbing the empty because I didn't want you to think students because I know you. And I thought, well, students are going to be in there and we're going to kind of that takes bury, mass bury these, and, bury these yeah. poor students in, in golf balls. And so I was trying and I was saying, take out the chairs. I was trying right. to make it easier. You, you did. But your answer of zero is correct. Congratulations. So that's one. That's a possible answer. I like it. It's my I mean, favorite answer. But you, as you recall in the last episode, I said, I think it's a really big number. And we talked about sort of thinking about big versus smaller than starting right. to put a, a quantity onto that quality. So right. I was going to say a million. A million. So there's a good guess. That's a that's a on obviously on the down. upper end. Ah, so you think that's that's too much? 
No, well, I no, actually, I don't think it's too much. If anything, I think it may be a little under underplaying. So then why do you say it's on the upper end? On the upper end of uh, my, my other answer being zero. Oh, I, I see, mean, you I sort see. of got the the smart alecky <laughs> zero answer. Then you've got the universe of large numbers. And this is in the universe of large numbers. Well, for the record, I like the zero answer the best, <laughs> including the the answer that I'll share with you, too. Okay. But yours is the best. So the way to think about this is to just do a kind of a back of the envelope calculation. Sure. What, a school bus is basically a rectangular prism, you know. So, yep. And if you've ever driven behind a school bus, basically the back of it is basically square. Yes. So you've got a kind of a square and then a made up with then a long rectangle kind of attached, you know, kind of make, you mm-hmm. know, spanning uh, a rectangle. So now what are the proportions? Well, uh, very, very roughly, if you think about it, if you think about like the, the, the width of the, yep. of the bus, how many widths will make up a length? It's, it's about four. Yeah, that seems about right. Okay, yeah. so, so you got a kind of a four to one thing yeah. here. So now if you knew how many ping pong balls you could run across the width, then you ah. know the height would be the same and four times that would be the length. And then you could just start doing some arithmetic. And so as you were doing last week, you actually physically were holding an invisible <laughs> golf ball. Uh-huh. And if you look at that, it's whatever that is, about an inch and yeah. plus a little yeah. bit. So how many of those would you need? Roughly 50 to go across. So therefore 50 to go up and then four times that, which would be 200, 200. to go across. And so if you take 50 and multiply it by 50 and multiply it by 200, you get... 500,000, which is half a million. Oh, okay. And so that's a that's an estimate to how I, many. I love that there's a way to actually figure that out. Because who hasn't been at a carnival or whatever? And they say, guess how many jelly beans are exactly. in the thing? And people just write down random numbers. No. There's a way to actually Find the volume. We're figuring out the volume. But all that said, the answer of zero is my favorite. <laughs> Congratulations. You have well, solved it. I was a little smart alecky, but I thought I would give it a try. I like it. Okay. <laughs> well, Ed, as we wrap up our discussion about sort of the intersection of higher education and business, tell me this. I'm going to put you in a little role playing here as we wrap up. Good. You're walking into the headquarters of company XYZ and they okay. say, Dr. Berger, president of Southwestern University, we need students to come to us better prepared for the working world. We don't necessarily mean particular courses or classes, but what can you do to help students understand what it means to to be in the working world versus be a student what do you think students need to learn that doesn't have anything to do with the classroom but just with working many things but the first one that comes to mind is that an appreciation of deep understanding so when someone gives someone a task give a, a five-year-old a task they go yeah yeah, yeah yeah i know i know how to do it. i know how to do it i know yeah 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 and they really don't but they're impatient and they want to kind of get into it when that student is finishing up their formal education, wherever that may end, I'm hoping that that student will have a sense of deep understanding and and to be able to acknowledge and articulate that which the person understands well and those things which the person is not quite uh, understanding as deeply. To be able to explain that, to be able to acknowledge that, and to try to move all of those levels to a deeper level and constantly be trying to understand things in a, in a richer way. That basically, I think, is a big thing to do anything. Dr. Ed Berger, Guide to Doing Anything. We love it. Dr. Ed Berger is president of Southwestern University in Georgetown, Texas. You can find out more at southwestern.edu. And you can keep your brain busy by keeping up with the news and other episodes of Higher Ed at KUT.org. I'm Jennifer Staten, KUT News. 